What's up? This is Eva from Eva Underfire. And if you're listening to Women That Rock, you're probably listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching The Itch for another sequel. Timing worked out really perfectly. Last year we did an episode where Dan and KC were at Point Fest in St. Louis and I was at Riot Fest in Chicago on the same day. So we just turned them into one episode together comparing our experiences. This year they were about a week apart, but close enough that it still works for the purpose of this recording. It wasn't supposed to be that way. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We originally planned a Point Fest episode in what, May or something like that? Yep. Yes, it was supposed to be May. And you were supposed to attend. <laughs> I would have been there for that one. I came to town specifically for it. And then we got texts and Twitter alerts all day long of them being like, we're going to try to make it happen while it's raining. And then they're like, nah, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And then the rain was, was like, we're going to rain more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was thunderstorming was like, no, pretty much the whole day. Because yeah. it wasn't yeah. just rain. It was it was thunderstorming. It was, it was yeah. lightning and rain. So that's one reason why they had to postpone it. But yeah, it was it was definitely a bummer. But we understood I will admit like that day it was like as it kind of kept going on and kept going on. I'm just yeah. like, uh, they just need to cancel we, it at this point. Yeah. And so yeah. like, I'm kind of, you know, I was glad that they did when they did. We were literally getting in the car, like getting like about ready to leave. We were talking. We're, see that. That's what I wanted to talk about a little bit. <laughs> a lot of people started showing up way earlier and started parking. Yeah. And then and then they got noticed that it wasn't happening. So then they had to leave and get back in their car. We kept delaying it, thinking this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. Okay, I guess I guess it's happening. We should get in the car. And then, like right as we we're all getting ready to leave, yeah. that's when we got the notification that it was canceled. We're like, "Well, that sucks," <laughs> but I'm glad we didn't go. <laughs> and so it got rescheduled to September 24th. For context, for anyone who's not familiar, you know, we've mentioned this stuff, you know, now and again, but this is a St. Louis and partially Chicago-based show. Point Fest is a big annual music festival sponsored by St. Louis main rock radio station, The Point, KPNT. Honestly, as music festivals go, it's a good deal. And it always has been. Mm -hmm. They have a solid full day lineup for instead of $100, like something like Riot Festival is for one day. It's what, 40, maybe 30, 40. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's always been a great deal. And I will give the station that like they do put on a great show pretty much. I, I think there's out of all the 20 some odd years I've been going, I think there's only been like maybe two or three that I've missed just because I mean, they always have a good lineup. So I mean, for once, I just want to mention that. But I do think it's funny a lot of the times because they get a lot of these bands that they hardly play. I so know. I, well, yeah. while I definitely appreciate the show that they put on, I would appreciate it more if they actually play the damn music that they sponsor. I was just about to say, I'm looking over this lineup and they really only rely, only the headliner is like a, these guys have been played all the time on the point for 20 years mm. kind of band. There's a lot of bands in here that are up and coming or that are kind of like part of this next generation of, of rock in general, even if they are bigger. And like, it's a solid lineup there, but like you mentioned, it's not necessarily what is on the daily playlist for the station. <laughs> but before we get into each festival, I did want to kind of call it, since we're talking about the cancellation and, and everything, it was kind of a bummer because some of the people that were on the original lineup could not perform. So we had uh, Jelly Roll was one of them, and Dan and I were really excited to see Jelly Roll. Yeah. But oh. uh, he, go ahead. I was just going to say, by the way, just because you mentioned Jelly Roll, I have to mention that my son made the funniest fucking joke regarding <laughs> Jelly Roll because, you know, I was I was still thinking that he was on the lineup. And so I was like, I was telling them, I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to go see Jelly Roll. And he's like, Jelly Roll, he's been losing so much weight. He's going to have, have to call Sushi Roll. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> Not bad. My, my seven-year-old Dean is is a fucking prank jokester here. Like, I, I was loving that joke. I was, I was like, I'm, that's a that's a damn good joke, dude. I don't know how you came up with that, but that's a good fucking joke because he's right. Mister Jelly Roll has been losing a lot of weight, which we're, which we're proud of. Yeah, good on you, Jelly Roll. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, also the other the other major band that we 
lost out on seeing was Mammoth WVH. Yeah. Because he was originally on tour with Hailstorm. And so they kind of tied him into it, even though the point never plays him. (laughs) What happens like most of the time is that the point kind of picks up a whole bunch of these different festivals that are traveling through town and just sticks them all on one day and puts them together and and then calls Point Fest. And so that's kind of what they did. Well, at least this time around, since they rescheduled it, they took like Hailstorm's tour. They took Papa Roach's tour. And there was like one more tour in there and they put it all together and they made this show, which I think was a really good show. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not complaining by any means. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was just very interesting because you could tell the different tours that were going on or a part of it. Like, cause they, they would like mention that they were on tour with this band. Like, Oh, well that, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, so what they, what they did, they were smart. They took uh louder than life happening in Kentucky. And they're like, Hey, who's performing on Thursday and Friday and Sunday? And who can we snake on, snake over to to play on yeah. Saturday? Only a few hours away. Bring them on over. They're already nearby. It's like a three hour drive. It, it yeah. was actually it's actually a brilliant move. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, like Louder Than Life is huge and loaded lineup. This episode could have been about that because we actually talked about earlier this year going, and it just didn't end up working out for us. Well, and it's crazy because like of all the bands that played Point Fest, half of the bands played louder than life on thursday and the other half of the bands that played point fest played louder than life on sunday i mean it it is really crazy that they i mean all of them every single one of them that we saw did the (laughs) same it was crazy so kudos to those bands for hauling ass (laughs) right (laughs) Right. that's true and and performing for so many days in a row that's pretty cool like i said that's a very clever move well it's it's what was awesome is like that you know we we'll talk about but, I'm, but just in general, it was a great show for everybody um, that we got to see. And so it, it just goes to show the the type of musicianships that all of these bands had that they were able to perform, keep performing, like whether they performed on Thursday, Saturday or Sunday. I mean, that's just a lot um, in a short amount of time. Plus, you're driving from town to town, too, all in that time. So it's just I, I truly, truly appreciate the musicianship and, and uh, the talent that we got to see. Yeah, especially the Saturday into the Sunday, because yeah. you basically perform and then get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. I would I would love to see like a percentage of like uh, what bands that play, especially like the first day or two of a fest of a multi day festival. What bands actually also go out, either stick around or go out on the day of their own performance and check out other performances. We kind of touched on that in our interview with Hunter Young and Moodering. Yeah, but like. We were talking about how tiring touring can be. Being at a festival, much less performing, is incredibly tiring as well. Right. And so, like, if I'm in a band and I got a show and I got a show like the next day, I'm probably sitting out most of the rest of that day, even if there are bands I'd like to see. Maybe I'll go out for one or two of the, the top choices or something. But you got to conserve that energy and you're out there screaming your lungs out for the bands you love right. and getting heat stroke and crap that can mess up the whole rest of your week. Exactly. So. <laughs> I do have one story about that, but we'll get to it once we actually talk about okay. the show. I mean, you got to think about it, though. It is it is at that point when you're doing that many shows that many days in a row, you got to treat it like a job. You know, it, it's unfortunate as it is. You're yeah. out there performing. That's their job. And so that's unfortunate because I know that they're all fans of music themselves. And I'm sure that they'd like to stick around. But, you know, they also are great musicians themselves and, and uh, still wanted to put on a great show, which, which we, we definitely appreciate it. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Aaron got to see riot fest the week prior to point fest and he saw, what was it? Sunday. I did what has become sort of a tradition and that is seeing one day of riot fest. Yes. Yes. All right. And it was Sunday. So who did you see? <laughs> Well, so a little backstory on this one, whereas Point Fest is, you know, like a radio show sponsored, like exclusive St. Louis thing. uh, Riot Fest has been one of a number of festivals that happen in Chicago for a long time. It's been around like 17, 18 years. I wouldn't call it exclusively a punk rock festival, but it definitely has like a punk rock vibe to it. And one of the things that they are most known for is miraculously getting bands that broke up to reunite and particularly to reunite and play like their most famous album. (laughs) it's literally like a thing that they became known for over the years. And so this year's big thing, it wasn't, this wasn't their doing. This band had already announced that they were returning before that, but it was one of their few and first shows back this year's big band for that was my chemical romance, which was uh, I believe Friday night. So 
not on my agenda to see. I only went on Sunday just for an example of what Riot Fest is. <laughs> yeah, dude, my friends, my social media, it, it's been blowing up. They, you know, my chemical romance is still as popular as ever, which is, I mean, to me, it's kind of surprising. It seems like they haven't lost a beat and it, it doesn't even seem like they've been doing anything or putting out music for a while. So people were definitely excited. And I know a lot of people that made the trip from all over just to see them. Absolutely. I went on Sunday, however, and I went for there was three bands that I was in it to see and their sets were at like 2 p.m., 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. And you can't unless you get the VIP ticket, you can't re-enter. <laughs> so I was like, sorry, Juliana Theory, I'm skipping your 2 p.m. show and coming at 445. So I was there to see Jimmy World, who is one of my all time favorites, and Nine Inch Nails, who is a bucket list band. You need to see him, right? Yeah. So I found out that right before Jimmy World, Coolio was going to be performing. So two things about that, because now I look through at this with different eyes and I wish I'd left home like 15 minutes earlier. If you take the train to get to Riot Fest, you have to walk all the way around Douglas Park and it's a long freaking walk and you can hear the bands playing and stuff from inside. So I literally was hearing Coolio perform Gangsta's Paradise, which I was super excited to hear, <laughs> but I was hearing it as I was walking around around the, the, the outside <laughs> edge of the park. And so I didn't really get to take it in. And what he was performing sounded like this strange, like soul, like gospel version of it. Not just, you know, the choir, like it's in the regular yeah. song, but it yeah. definitely didn't sound like what you normally hear. And so, so oh, yeah, we're going to take a moment. Oh, so shit. <laughs> we're going to take a moment here. So now I have to look at that and wish I had left earlier. Like I said, come to find out about an hour or two before this recording that unfortunately Coolio passed away. Yeah. And so I overheard like five minutes of one of his very final performances, which is super weird to think about now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah, it was just announced today. Yeah. That I just caught that news right before we went on. And I was like, man, that that just that makes me That's a bummer, so sad man. that I didn't yeah. actually see <laughs> yeah. That song, so but for real, like our like Gangsta's Paradise is a huge song, and also Coolio did the the theme song to Keenan and Kel, so I respect him for that as well. Yeah, because yeah, Keenan and Kel was awesome. So R.I.P. to him. Yeah, and it was really cool that he was on that Riot Fest lineup. Yeah, man, that's hmm. yeah another shocker. You know, we had what DMX like a year ago or so. Yeah, a couple years ago. And, yeah, yeah, these rappers that are not that old and yeah, he was fifty nine. Yeah, like a heart attack or something. So, you know, I walk in, he had just finished his set, so I didn't get to actually see it, just overheard a tiny bit of it, made my way to Jimmy Eat World. This was another thing that, so Riot Fest does these like after shows or midnight shows where like for like a week before and like a week or two after, a lot of bands that are on the bill will perform at like 11 or 12 at night at like a local venue. This is a different thing. And so, so Jimmy Eat World actually performed the night before their Riot set at one of these late night shows with Charlie Bliss. And I really wanted to go because I, like I said, I love them and Charlie Bliss is a band that's up and coming on my radar. I mm -hmm. really liked their last album. Those tickets go super quick. They were sold out immediately. I was unable to attend that one. I did find out and I thought this was pretty sweet. They played 17 songs at that set wow. and 12 at riot and only five of them overlapped. So you really did get to see two different sets if you went to the different shows. You could see the Intimate Club set or the Giant Outdoor Festival set, which was, it was a great one. It was the one I did see, you know, it was full of the big loud ones. They play like Futures, all the the rockier ones from Bleed American, you know, Sweetness, Praise Chorus. Obviously the middle is a huge thing. And so they were really ready to rock out and they just seem like such wholesome and like nice people on stage <laughs> nice. and so they're just a band that in general makes me happy which was also a great contrast to nine inch nails which is a band that i think makes people sad so <laughs> <laughs> that depends true. on what album you're listening to but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fair statement quick question though so when you're seeing jimmy world um how far away are you like is it how's like that set up is it is it kind of like uh like in a field or like i, I don't understand how Riot so, Fest is set up so Douglas Park is it's a it's a huge park and there are, I think, five stages for Riot mm -hmm. and two of them, the, the kind of the main there's kind of like a double main stage where like they'll alternate. So there'll be like five minutes between the band on the left and the band on the right. So they're never overlap, but there's the, like usually like the bigger ones. And then there's three other stages at different parts of the park that are all faced in different directions so that 
you don't get too much sound bleed. Mm-hmm. It still happens, kind of, but it's 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 if you're close ish to the stage and not just hovering around in the middle of the park somewhere, <laughs> you, you'll get the one band that you're going to hear. You'll you'll hear them pretty clearly. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a lot of walking around if your bands are at different stages, <laughs> and so you definitely get tired throughout the day. But it, but I think the setup makes about as much sense as you could in a giant field. Okay. So yeah, Jimmy World was there, and so after that, you know, I had just time to kill, honestly. So I was just like, well, we'll check out a couple of things. I really quickly walked over to where Action Bronson, the rapper, was performing <laughs> at yeah. another stage. Um, I enjoyed watching Action Bronson wrestle on AEW recently, <laughs> but I have no interest in ever hearing him rap or t- talk again. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is not my thing. I can do without him. I moved on from that very quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, the point of this whole story is going to be mild disappointment. So I went after that over. I was like, all right, who are we killing time with next? I decided to kill time with the yeah, yeah, yeahs because uh, Maps was my jam in like the rock band Guitar Hero rock days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so like, I'm going to go hear Maps. And so two observations, main observations about that. Karen O, their lead vocalist, is a very charismatic. She has a major presence as a front woman for a band so i gotta give her kudos to that she also said it was one of their first shows back in the u.s they've kind of been on hiatus for a while maybe she, said, she might have said it was their first either way this also felt like kind of a rare treat you're not going to see this band very often and so i was like it's kind of cool to check that out i did get to hear maps i heard a couple other songs that i knew of theirs i didn't hear the other one that i really like which was uh phenomenon okay yeah uh, i think yeah. it was from that same album yeah but i, I ultimately at the end of the day i had to come away with like I could see that this is a good it's another I see this a lot about bands. I feel like I could say that this is a good set and a good band, but I don't I don't feel it. It's not really my thing. It's I, I wouldn't do it again because it's just not my personal taste overall. I had I came to that conclusion. I was like, I don't think I actually like the yeah, 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 as much as I thought, thought I did. did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was no slight to them. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah, fair Next. enough. <laughs> yeah. So I had some time to kill again. The two headliners, the the artist that was partially overlapping with Nine Inch Nails was Ice Cube. And so I was like, I'm going to see Ice Cube (laughs) because I got to check that off the list, too. You know, (laughs) that dude was in Friday. You got to You got to see him. (laughs) One of the original gangsters. Yeah. He did the song from Friday as well. So I saw him for like five or ten minutes before Nine Inch Nails came on. And I was like, all right, this is really cool. I dig this. And then it was like, all right, time to go see Trent and the group. Nine Inch Nails was exactly what you would expect in terms of the presentation. It is loud and it is very cinematic looking. There's a huge screen between the stages, those those two main stages that, you know, they film and show the bands performing live. Whereas like the yeah, yeah, yes, Karen O is out here looking like a giant rainbow umbrella in her attire. <laughs> they black and white Nine Inch Nails whole performance It is not in color. which just totally feels very fitting for that band yeah so i watched them for a little bit and you know these it was everything that that i expected he hit me this is is interesting but i'm just gonna throw it out here about four songs into the set he starts singing this track called heresy and i know what i'm getting into when i go to see nine inch nails he's for 30 years made his thoughts on religion and various related things very clear and apparent but for some reason and i'm also not a person who is like easily offended by that stuff i am more curious to understand where people are coming from and why different people believe what they believe but that song bothers me (laughs) and (laughs) it bothered me enough that i was like you know what i'm leaving and so i went back to ice cube for a while (laughs) i abandoned nine inch nails mid-set Went back to Ice Cube. I was like, I don't need to hear that. I need to hear something more wholesome, like Ice Cube rapping about a beat so sweet it's like booty meat. That kind of thing. <laughs> Which is an All actual right. line wow. from his song. Yeah. I'm sorry actual that Nine Nails offended you with, your, with their anti-God song. Guess you won't be going to Tool with us either, huh? I don't like Tool enough to go see him with you anyway. I'm just going to put that out there. You can send me the video of 46 and 2 and we'll call it a day. <laughs> I deal. <laughs> so I went and saw Ice Cube for a while. His set was kind of neat and it was different. And I think a lot of rappers do this, but we don't see rap 
I don't see rap shows very often, but it was kind of like a greatest hits abbreviated thing where it's like him. It wasn't a band. He didn't have a live band with him. It was him and his other and another rapper. And they would play like a minute and a half of most songs. And then they would do like a little a little bit like a, a banter back and forth for a minute to set up the next one. <laughs> and they did that for the whole set. This is your your teaser from the Weird Al episode talking about medleys. Yeah. Yeah. It was like his whole set was a giant medley, basically. It was like interludes of abbreviated hits. But it's it was still frustrating, fun, isn't it? Like it, in this case, I didn't mind. If it was somebody that I was truly like there to see, I would have minded. Like Jimmy Ice World. Cube was a bonus to me. What's that? Like Jimmy World. If Jimmy World did a medley, then I would have been ticked. <laughs> Ice Cube was a throw in and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And after I got that out of my system and I got over like I said, Trent just hit me wrong that particular night. I went back and saw the rest of Nine Inch Nails, and I got there just in time for what to me might be the best Nine Inch Nails song, or at least my personal favorite, which is The Perfect Drug, which sounds mm-hmm. outstanding live, by the way. So I got cool. there right in time for a real good chunk of a, of the set. I got, you know, by, uh, Hand That Feeds, Head Like a Hole, all that good stuff. Awesome. Um, Did you hear Wish? Yes. Wish was nice. like the second or third song, and it is brutal. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I heard Linkin Park perform that. Oh, it was. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Like that was one of my favorite covers I've ever seen it live. Like Linkin Park covering Wish live was just fucking amazing. I think I've seen that one, too, now that you mention it, or at least if I I need to go back and find it because I can see how that would be a very good fit. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Yeah. So so Nine Inch Nails, like I said, like I think it was just the mood I was in in that moment that it kind of hit me wrong and I had to take a little break, put him in timeout for a minute. But I went back and enjoyed most of the rest of the show. I tried to leave early, to be honest, because I was like, okay, I got what I came here for. I feel like I've seen this. I don't feel like I have to be here to the very, very, very end. And also it is a beast to try to get home from the music festival. Yeah. So I left like 15 minutes before they finished. I missed Hurt and some of that stuff, unfortunately. And I still took forever to get home. <laughs> it didn't matter. Was it, it was a futile it? effort. So the theme of my Riot Fest experience was it was worth it, but there was a lot of small frustrations along the way. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and it reinforced that I freaking love Jimmy World. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep. I have, yeah, I have to agree that Nine Inch Nails is definitely one of those bands I have to get off my bucket list. You you will definitely dig that set. I mean, if you, I think we've seen, I mean, you've seen music videos. You've probably seen some yeah. YouTube performance or something like that. It's it's that, yeah, and it's I really imagine. good. They're technical masters. Their their show is really precise. You know, they know what yeah. they're about. Yeah, yeah. They just do the same thing as Tool, and they they like go when they're coming through town. They book like the Enterprise Center, and it, tickets are yeah. yeah yeah tickets are just outrageously expensive. Yeah, right. And that's why this is worth this is worthwhile to me. I'm like, I will pay a festival ticket daily price because I would probably have to pay that to see them anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And this I get a whole bunch of throw ins. Right. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. So, yeah, overall worthwhile. And like I said, their set was their set was great. Um, I had to wear my sunglasses, even though it was dark out (laughs) because their light show was was wild. Um, And I'm like, I'm not trying to go deaf or blind. I got a lot more shows I want to see. So, I believe that. I had yeah. to do that during 10 years. You did. You did. <laughs> Sometimes them lighting shows are just too much. <laughs> that, that one was inside. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I didn't care. As like I said, I, I don't want to go blind at that point. Like I was tired of That's getting right. blinded. Take care of yourself. Do whatever you want. Nobody cares, especially, especially at an outdoor festival. It's, it's just everybody doing whatever the heck they felt like. So, Exactly. <laughs> Pretty good vibes overall. Um just it's just a hot mess to get to and from you gotta you gotta really be ready for it if you're gonna go to one of those things i think that's the way with almost any festival though like it's it's always gonna be a hot mess getting in and out and just because you have a a butt ton of people trying to go to the same place at the same time (laughs) the (laughs) nice thing about the festival you guys were at and especially given how good the lineup was for point fest is that they they tend to only have you know less than 10 bands like around 10 bands total probably and what two stages maybe a third one you said there's like a local stage off in the middle of nowhere somewhere technically it was four stages yeah technically four because you have the actual main amphitheater stage yes 
Yes. And then you have the one up by the entrance, which is kind of like the side stage. It's, it's that's two, two entrance. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they had side by side stages so that basically when one band was playing, they could get the other band ready on the yeah. other stage next to it. Um, and so like as soon as like literally as soon as one band would come would be done, somebody would come out, some fucking asshole usually would come out and introduce <laughs> the band. Um and then I don't know why they deserve that that statement just for for there, introducing. There's a, song. a reason. Let's go ahead and get okay. this out. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. Moving on to Point Fest now, because I don't I don't remember exactly which band it was that this happened, but a couple of things. So the if you remember from the last year's episode, because of COVID, the side stage situation was fucked up royally because they performed on the main stage. And then one stage at the mm. side stage. So we would okay. go to our seats yeah. and watch one band. And then we would go and watch the other band on the hill. We, we didn't even walk down to the, the front. We just found a spot on the hill. And then Moon screwed that up by going long on the first set for the main stage and fucked up all the times because he went like 20 minutes over. And then, so that happened last year. This year, Moon uh, played a, a role, and he wasn't even fucking there, I don't think. Nope. <laughs> no. Moon uh, being no. a point DJ and member of multiple bands. And, yeah. Yeah, so basically, there's a morning show that's on the point. The point DJs, because it's Point Fest, um, all of them go out for, you know, and kind of introduce the bands and stuff. And and I will say the one cool thing that that was kind of an ongoing theme of the day was a tribute to the to the late Jeff Burton. And so mm-hmm. I, I do want to say right right off the bat is that, you know, mm-hmm. while I was not always his his biggest fan, um, I, I do have a lot of respect for Jeff Burton. And obviously, a lot of the artists had a lot of respect for him as well. It was it was very evident that he made a very, very big impression on a lot of these bands. So I, I do want to mention that like there was there was kind of an ongoing theme throughout the day is that all the artists did want to pay the respects to Jeff and and his family was there. And so that was that was really cool. I, I really enjoyed that part of it um, throughout the whole night. Yeah. And so what's weird when when the DJs um, announce the bands is a lot of the time on the side stage, they do it correctly. They come out, they announce them. And then like two minutes later, the band comes out on the main stage, they announce the band. And then you wait 10 to 15 more minutes before the band comes out. It's like, why, why did you do this? Yeah. Anyway, so that that's frustrating a little bit, but so on the side stage, one of the, I don't even remember which DJ it was, but one of the DJs comes out and he's like, Hey, I, I just was in the back and I, I saw Moon's dick. It is it's huge. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know you know how huge Moon's dick is? And then he had to wait for the crowd to figure out to say, how huge is it? Because <laughs> nobody cared <laughs> to hear nobody him Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then he's like, it's so big. It, it's wearing a watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. It has an elbow in it. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you saw Moon's arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. and and he t- he t- that was the longest introduction of the night. I believe that was New Year's Day, if I'm not mistaken. Right before New Year's Day. How appropriate. Yeah. Like, oh, let's man. talk about some dudes talk dick about before we before... bring out a female-led <laughs> rock band. That's well, and it, honestly, that was kind of the theme of the fucking night for the point DJs is that they just didn't. I know how to handle themselves or at least not the DJs themselves. Maybe the people associated with them. I don't know who the hell introduced these people, but like, cause the people who, the, the person who introduced the warning, like if, if it, if it's three dudes, you're not going to say, Oh yeah, I got this three gorgeous men coming out. And, you know, you're not going to fucking introduce a band like that. But for whatever reason, he felt it necessary. Uh, the next band, three gorgeous ladies, please welcome the warning. Like, it's not necessary. You could just say the warning. Everybody can make their assessment if they're gorgeous. Like, that's fine themselves. Like, you don't need to fucking add that. That, like, really just pissed me off. And that was, like, the first introduction that we heard by a point associated person. Can yeah. we also note that the warning um, are teenagers? <laughs> right. They're, yeah. They're, like, 8, 19, 20, and 21 or something. Like, they're, like, right around there. Yeah. They're young enough that you... Sh- they're young enough that... Um, uh, let me quote Community. We try not to sexualize Annie. 
All right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. So the introduction parts were a little fucked up, but that's just were inappropriate that's, at times. Personally. Yeah. And I just it was weird that they had to bring up Moon and I don't even think he was there. So. Yeah. Well, he, wait, wait, if I'm so you think that it was just a pure bit because like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's a bit that their morning show does. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is if he. He wasn't there, then nobody saw him. Yeah. <laughs> so it ruins the whole joke. But anyway, the joke was ruined because it was a crappy joke anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the warning was the first band of the day that I came to see, and they did not disappoint. That's for sure. Uh, I will say, like, the, you know, I, it, we always kind of say this almost every point fest, but the sound was a little off at first. I think they kind of got their bearings yeah. a couple, like, songs in, but it was definitely a little bit off. It was super weird. So there was two things functionally that happened with the sound. For whatever reason, the bass wasn't plugged in. Yeah. I don't know if it wasn't plugged into the board or if it, it wasn't, wasn't plugged, plugged into. In. Yeah. Yeah. Because they yeah. started playing and you couldn't hear the bass for shit. Wow. And and then all of a sudden, it, you you just hear click. And, it just, and, then, and then you felt it. <laughs> just like, yeah. The bass was kicked on. There it yeah. is. <laughs> and then. Um, okay. Fuck, I'm going to mess up all of their names. The Via Real sisters. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The drummer's mic also wasn't plugged in uh, at one point. Well, and she was moving so much that, uh, you know, if I had any suggestions for this band, it would be for her to get a setup like RJ, because RJ sings a lot too, which that's one thing that we'll talk about a little bit later. But he has a mic where he can like pull it down right in front of his face and he can still sing, but it's not jostling around. She moves a really, she moves a lot when she's drumming. She's a very active drummer. And so this headset was bouncing around in the sound from it moving, or at least I don't know if it was her hair hitting it or something hitting it, but it was just, I don't know. It was a little distracting at times. No, it it was even like our first radio show when we're all headbanging with our headphones and the headphones fell off. It was, it was like that because she's, she's moving her whole body when she's drumming. So man, let me tell you too. She beats the shit out of those drums. Like that's the first thing that I noticed. Like you can like, I could feel it. Like I, I felt that, yeah. that bass, like when she's hitting it, like that bass and, and that, uh, you know, when that, when the first song starts and, you know, she, of course you can feel the bass, but man, when she hits the floor, Tom, holy hell, like you could feel that one. And like, she, she beats the shit out of those drums. Like, I'm curious if she goes through a couple drum heads a day with how hard, hard she hits them but they were all really, really good at their instruments. And the one thing I will say is that they're only going to get better. It was like, I, I could tell that, especially with a couple of the first songs, I don't know if maybe it was nerves, but the, the guitarist was kind of staring at her fretboard a couple of times, just try, trying to make sure she wasn't missing notes. And I think that like, you know, with time, she's not going to have to stare at that fretboard at all. So this band's just going to continue to get better live and, and obviously better making music together because they're sisters. They're going to have that chemistry all the time. Yeah, that was one thing. They definitely had chemistry for sure, yeah. obviously. I think we said something similar whenever we saw their live stream performance from Rockville last year. You could see the potential. And they had I think they had some sound issues at that one as well, but you could still see they the, did. see the potential. And then their their album, Error, that came out a few months back, is a very good album. Definitely bodes well for their future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is definitely... It's cool to see them... You see them now on this Point Fest lineup as one of sort of the openers... You know, it could only be a matter of time before they're getting, you know, right really near the top. Right, well, right. I mean, they were one of the highlights of the day for me. Like, they were so good live. And like the other bands, you know, they put on good shows, but they, I just, I didn't think that for one, like, you could tell that the warning was raw. And I'm not saying like there was no backup sound to them, it was just mm, them right. playing guitar, it's bass, and drums. Like, there was no other, mm-hmm. you know, computerized, digitalized stuff behind them. And that's, I truly, truly appreciated that because the, the next band that we'll talk about was the complete opposite. Wait, before, <laughs> before we get there, before we get there, yeah. uh, they did, they had gr- great crowd reaction. They were talking to the crowd in between songs. Um, and so then they're like, we had the pleasure of, being a part of this project and talking about the blacklist album. So then they busted out their cover of enter Sandman. I personally enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I thought they did a phenomenal job. I mean, when I posted the video on my social media, I got a a couple of comments that were 
uh, negative regarding it, but one of them was from me. I know, I know. <laughs> and and we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, I get, I get why people didn't dig it because you don't have the Kurt guitar line part. You most, you functionally just have Hetfield, and I mean, she she does a good job, you know, trying her best to fill both parts. But you you don't have that extra guitar helping out with the song. Yeah. So they they make it their own, but at the same time they they stay true enough to the original that it's a good mix. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I'm a huge Metallica fan, and, and one of the reasons why I truly appreciate it is because um, I can't tell you. See, that song came out like what 1990. Uh, yeah, so yeah, four or thirty thirty years. I don't know how many fucking years. It's yeah, been. yeah, thirty thirty two years. So in the 32 years it's been out, I can probably tell you I've listened to it maybe 1,500, 2,000, 3,000, who knows, <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah. So Thousands of when times, you've heard yes. a song so many times that you can recite it in your sleep, uh, I truly appreciate when artists do make it their own to the sense like, you know, it's it's not even the same kind of structure. It, you know, it's a, you can still sing along because you still know the lyrics to it, but it, it's not it doesn't feel like the same song at all. And, you know, that's that was kind of the whole point of that Blacklist album is that Right. These were all tributes to that that album in particular, but it was always to try to make every one of these artists tried to make these songs their their own as if you mm. created the song yourself. Yeah. You know, and that was that was, I think, the, the thought process behind all the artists that did contribute to that. Yeah, agreed. What was the what was your negative comment, Aaron? I didn't see that, apparently. <laughs> I just it's just I didn't enjoy it that much. That's all. I mean. It wasn't for me. I, I, uh, yeah. But they can't all be winners. It's fine. I still like them. I get it. I enjoyed their whole set. I was really glad that we got to see them. Like I said, even though the point doesn't play them ever, but uh, I was happy that they were brought in to pick up the slack on this show. <laughs> well, and yeah. one of the things that I appreciated is that there were a lot of young women there to see them, and I we kind of talked about this in an interview that we recently did. But it was just awesome. It was really awesome to see all these young women get excited about rock music in some form or another. Um, and I think that with like with the, the warning in particular, you can see these young women up on stage. And, you know, I think that as as a young girl, you can imagine yourself being there. That's, they're, they're, you know, 10, 15 years off, basically. So that that is just really awesome to see everybody so excited and then them just perform and, and blow it out of the park, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one reason why they sometimes get negative comments is because I think the ones that want to make negative comments don't truly know the backstory and know how young they are. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong there. But 2023, we'll put them on our list of people to talk to and we'll get some answers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so the next band that we got to see was New Year's Day. Yeah, this was kind of a, a surprise band. So I'm pretty sure that they were not planned uh, originally. No. I think that they got thrown onto this lineup because they were on tour with The Warning and Hailstorm. And so they got thrown into Point Fest. And so I will say that they they were kind of out of place. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, I think their more recent music is a little bit less screamy but um their older stuff from what i understand is really kind of heavy i was excited once i found out they're on the list i, I definitely have heard a couple songs about them and, and was intrigued about how they were going to be live yeah um after seeing them live i don't i don't know but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so they were just too heavy for your taste is that what you're saying i mean this is a radio sponsored festival so even if they don't necessarily play most of these bands General lineup of Point Fest bands is radio friendly bands. I, I highly doubt they've ever played this band. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is their sound sounds like it's a little bit, from what you're describing anyway, it's a little yeah. bit less radio accessible than what you're expecting. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard a couple songs, like especially recently on Octane. I think they've even played uh, one of the songs that I've been hearing on Octane recently. But and so I, I mean, they're like I said, I think their more recent stuff is is a little bit less heavy. But yeah, their older stuff. It's pretty uh, heavy. As I'm checking this out, it looks like they've had quite a few lineup changes. And then two of the members, uh, Tommy Rockoff, which that's a wonderful name, 
for a drummer <laughs> joined the band this year, as well as their base, uh, their base. Oh, sorry, their bassist joined the band and then took a break for like five years, and now he's back. Uh, Brandon Wolf. All right. So yes. Yeah. Um, as we're so as we're talking about Tommy, uh, the drummer, uh, that dude did one of the coolest things I've seen at a festival show. He launched the hell out of drumsticks. Like he was <laughs> javelining the shit out of the drumsticks. They played like their first song and he chucked that thing. Like we were about halfway to the stage more or less. And he chucked that thing and it went like 20 feet past us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was throwing them 50 yards at least, like no joke. <laughs> it was, it was impressive. So, like, so if you weren't paying t- attention and you were like 50 yards from the stage, you probably got smacked with a drumstick <laughs> arrowed. Like, hard. <laughs> no, he, was, he wasn't arrowing them. He was like, I mean, they were fucking heavy. They were, they were, they were spinning end over end. <laughs> cool. Good on him. Yeah, but that was impressive. So, you know, this I, I thought that they um, New Year's Day, they had a good stage show. They they sounded good. But I, one of the things I didn't like is that they they were there was a lot of uh, backing sounds like, like it, yeah. you know, we had mentioned that the warning was very raw, where all you heard was like a guitar, a bass and drums. New Year's Day was quite the opposite. Like, I, I don't know if I heard any actual instruments, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Ash, uh, their lead vocalist, um, which for one, she has a great, uh, presence on stage and, and was very talkative and, and had a lot of good crowd reaction. Her yeah. outfit, her outfit is crazy. It's like she has half black, half red hair. And then her outfit basically matched that more or less. Harley Quinn esque. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was she was good with the crowd reaction uh the vocals were a little rough at times but and i think that's why she had a backup because that especially during the chorus there there was always a backing vocal and none of her band members they were not singing yeah they were not singing. Um, so it was definitely like a backup like track and during the chorus it was so loud it was drowning her out right and that that was my biggest issue. And like, cause we had mentioned this in one of the previous shows that I think it was honestly, I think it was concrete castle. Yeah, it was, it was concrete. Castles, um, yes. Her backing vocal kind of drowned her out when she's got a great voice. It wasn't necessary for that. This situation for new year's day, I think it might've been necessary. Cause she was just like, I don't know if she was just not trying or cause maybe, I don't know. She, I think they also was probably in that whole, uh, um festival swap thing too yeah so they probably played on thursday and they were probably exhausted i get it but um yeah and so she was relying a lot on the backup vocals but even when she was singing like it was she was getting drowned out by her by her own sound yeah and then it it was humorous at one point she's she's like all right guys we're gonna play for you the most metal song ever (laughs) and then I'm, i'm i'm like hmm i'm intrigued by this statement and then it was not the most metal song ever. But all that being said, they did put on a good show and they were they were worth seeing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny because um, she mentioned something about uh, Warp Tour. And <laughs> Warp it's Tour. Like, like she, she had, oh, who, where are my Warp Tour people at? And we're like, yeah. She's like, you guys probably need a, was it? Cream. Cream yeah. by now. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it's been so long since War Tour was a thing. And I was right. sitting there thinking, like, man, there's no way this band's been around since then. But, yeah, they have, apparently. They were. <laughs> because she she said that they were on War Tour back in the day. I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And now I feel old. Thank you. You're right. I didn't need cream, but I still fucking ached. Yeah. Because that right. shit is hard standing all fucking day for eight and a half hours. <laughs> it's true. All right, so let's move on to the next band that, that we saw. So we saw Shaman's Harvest, and we were uh, super exci- super excited to watch them. And um, they put on a good show, but it was very strange 
so Nathan Hunt, lead vocalist of Shaman's Harvest, he sounded good when they started. And I don't know what happened, but by the end of the set, he was slurring and you couldn't understand a word he said. Yeah, it was crazy. He was like the country Ozzy because <laughs> when he talked, you couldn't fucking it was there was no way i don't know how anybody can understand him and then all of a sudden he starts singing you're just like oh okay i know what he's saying now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah we were we were excited to to watch them perform and they, and they did uh they played songs off their newest album and they sounded great but yeah when they he played tried to great do, yeah when he tried to do crowd reaction he said and Dan goes, what did he say? And I said, yeah, he said, St. Louis, move it, move it side to side. And then they started, started waving. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell what he was saying at all. It was just, it was just. And like we, we, it wasn't like that we were not like close enough to hear him. It was, it was, just, I don't know what he was slurring really bad or, or maybe he was just like, I yeah. don't know. Who knows? And then. They closed with Dragonfly, their biggest song. And by the end of the song, Nathan just like stopped singing and like wanted the crowd to sing it back. But then like he never rejoined the song until the very end. It was it was very weird. We've we've watched them perform two or three times. I think this was either a second or third time seeing them. And they were great uh, the previous times we've seen them but this one was a little off for some reason. I'm not sure why they played. Um, they played louder than life on Sunday. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that was, so who knows? They could have just been playing a lot of shows and yeah, we just happened and, to be, and they are yeah. from Jeff Jefferson city, Missouri. So they have local connections in that regard. And they did a lot of uh, tributes to Jeff Burton. So that was another cool, yeah. Uh, thing i don't know if 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 that was like a tough part of the day and that caused some of the the stuff that he was doing i'm not sure yeah (laughs) so the struts took the, the the first slot of the main stage and i thought they put on a good set i uh, you and Hannah were doing your thing, and so I I got Getting down food. to our seats. Trying to eat, I got down to our seats, and the Struts put on a, a damn good show. Um, they're basically Queen esque to me. Like, just the the front man has a very powerful voice, and and they're very uh, interactive with the crowd. He was doing a lot of vocal runs and wanting the crowd to sing back the vocal runs, which was kind of annoying because the the people that sat behind us were very tone deaf a lot <laughs> so that was kind of annoying the rest of the night knowing that they were behind me you didn't pick up on that that much nope, uh i did not <laughs> but so that was that was not an unenjoyable no i part just of the had night to hear the me. guy right behind you fucking yes. going on and on and on about nothing yeah well we'll get into that a little bit but anyway so the the struts Put on a great show. And uh, so the tie-in that I wanted to say, The Warning posted on their, their Facebook account. I don't think they put it on their Instagram, but on their Facebook account, The Warning was in the little VIP area, basically in the same section we were, but many rows ahead, uh, right before the pit, right where the pit ends and the, the cushiony seats begin. They were there so the warning was losing their minds singing some of the strut songs and so <laughs> they were funny. having a good old time so kudos to them i like when bands can do that yeah and i believe i believe they actually met them the next day at louder than life and took a group photo so that yeah. was that was cool yeah that was, so, that was pretty awesome to see that or be a part of that i guess yeah, but I miss most of them because I, uh, you know, there's always a band like if you want to get food or something, you got to choose a band during this festival because you're not going to get it any fucking time soon. The one bad thing about and it's not it's not any fault of the struts, but the, the bad thing about Point Fest is when you have that first opening slot at five thirty, 
the sun is beaming directly into your face. The mm-hmm. artist, yeah. The artist's face. So and the, the crowd, if you're sitting in a certain spot, you can't see them very well, and they can't see you. So yeah. <laughs> so that that part kind of sucks, but they, they put on a, a great show. So kudos to them. Yeah, Hailstorm came on. It was still daylight. Um, it was, was kind of surprising. Like, I didn't think that they were going to be uh, playing during the day, but uh, by the end of this, it was definitely nighttime. So that, that kind of worked out. But Hailstorm, I think we've talked about their live set a couple of times now. Yeah. They're always amazing. Lizzie's always on point with her, her vocals. And my favorite member of the band is by and far RJ because he is just a <laughs> hell of a drummer. Yep. I go to see RJ like I, I, like Hannah's favorite band is is Hailstorm. So anytime they're they're coming through town, we're seeing them live. And one of the reasons why I love RJ is because every time we've seen them, he's the one that switches it up the most. Like, you know, you just never know what you, you're going to expect from him. Um, and this time he basically had his drums on a huge platform to where he's playing probably 10, 15 feet above the band. Which was just awesome. It was really cool to see him because he's wearing bright green yeah. with his bright green hair and his bright green drums. And like, <laughs> dude, it's just yeah, a right. show. I love it. So shout out to RJ. Yeah, the whole band puts on phenomenal yes. show. And yes, they do. They played the vast majority of their Back from the Dead album, which I was kind of surprised how many songs they played off it, to be honest. I, I was too, but t- at the same time, like me and Hannah talked about this um, because we saw them last November. So it was less than a year that we've seen them, seen them come through. And when they came through the last time that was with Evanescence, um, they didn't play that much off of this new album because it hadn't been out yet. So they played like maybe two tracks. Well, now that it was out, they played a lot of it. And Hannah really appreciated that because like we said, we've seen this band so many times. So we've never seen them obviously perform the new tracks. Um, and I, yeah. I, I actually liked that part of it too. Made me like the new tracks more. Yeah, yeah, they slayed it live as as we would expect them to. Yeah. Uh, the, really quickly, the guy. The, so there was a boyfriend girlfriend behind us, and I, I don't know their ages, but they did not know anything that that they they showed up and. I think the girlfriend forced the the boyfriend to go because man, the the boyfriend was a, an elitist douche. Yeah, and he just okay. made comment after comment after comment that just made oh, no sense. Such a pompous ass too. Like I just <laughs> we had to sit there and listen to him talk uh, shit on every band that he didn't like. He was apparently there for two bands. That was Hailstorm and Papa Roach, and every other band was shit, and we had to hear it all night. Yeah. And so, but then it was weird because I don't think he ever saw Hailstorm live. Because then when no. when RJ bust out the the huge uh, two by eights to start <laughs> drumming on his drums, he's like, he was looking down at his phone and then looked up and went, "Oh, holy shit! What what the hell is he doing?" <laughs> no, he had never seen them live because right before the set, he said, "All right, they better not disappoint." Like. You've obviously never seen Hailstorm live because they're not going to disappoint. I promise you that, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that was annoying the rest of the night. But but uh, Hailstorm was awesome. And so, RJ, we've seen you've seen him multiple times. Have you ever seen him do what he did with the drumsticks? So he he did a couple versions of his drum solo for like 10 minutes or however long it was. And he Normally he throws it up in the air and he catches it and then he throws it up higher in the air and then he catches it and then he throws it up higher in the air and then he catches it. Well, this time he purposely dropped it on the first, on the first one and then threw it up higher and then dropped that one. It, it, he had like a, a stick that he was doing. It was <laughs> a stick stick. Yeah. A stick stick. He's a showman. I told you he's great. <laughs> and, and before we go too much further, we have to point out that he was lime green as hell. Yes. <laughs> he matched his drums, his hair, everything. His drums, his hair, his suit, everything was lime green. And he okay. does that per tour, I believe. Like, he'll change his whole hair, his drum sets and everything. Like, <laughs> the dude's, I'm telling you, man, it, it's awesome. Like, I go to see Hailstorm <laughs> to see RJ. Um, Lizzie's <laughs> fucking great. Joe and Josh are amazing. 
Uh, but yeah, RJ is is the fucking reason why I love seeing them. <laughs> He's entertaining yeah. as hell. Yeah. Um, and then so yeah, and then so highly suspect was after Hailstorm, and I'll be quite honest, like I, I like highly suspect. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of their music, but like they really really put on a great set. My only my only complaint, which is not necessarily a complaint on them, my only complaint was just the set their set being after hailstorm and right before Papa Roach didn't work for me. Hailstorm mm-hmm. has a lot of energy, a high energy set. And I don't think that it made sense for, uh, for highly suspect. Who's kind of a, a mellow band, um, yeah. to go on after hailstorm. It just didn't make any sense to me. I, I somewhat agree. I, I feel, I feel like their stage setup was, I mean, despite RJ's giant drum riser, their stage setup was a little bit more intricate that it, they needed like more time to, to set it up. And it, with the, the daylight thing, I don't think their light show would have been as impressive either. So I don't know if that played a part in it as well, but yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, it just, the energies just didn't flow. Cause again, Papa Roach has a high energy set. And I think that, you know, Hailstorm into Papa Roach made it a lot would have made a lot more sense uh, rather than Hailstorm highly suspect Papa Roach. Yeah, but I'm a huge highly suspect fan, and I've never none of us had seen them live until this point. So yes. I was very I was very excited to see them. Also, it it played in our favor that it was canceled and then rescheduled because then we got to see a lot of tracks off of their newest album. So yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. You, it probably would have been a whole different set list. Yeah. Yep. And MCID, their previous album, um, was a complete uh, different vibe. It was a lot more rap oriented, and I don't really enjoy that style uh, for an entire album from this band because, man, as as an entire group, they kill it live like and the the guitarist there's multiple uh guys that play synthesizers there's multiple guys that play guitars the bassist the drummer was great um johnny's vocals were great he also plays guitar and synthesizer throughout the show they just they're just interchangeable throughout the entire show and it's it's nuts to watch them play and he sounds exactly like he does on record. Like there's no yeah. auto tune to his voice. He's got that, a really good voice live. That was the other big question that I had was how does he sound live versus on the recording? And he sounded pretty fucking close. So yeah, they, they, I thought their, their set was great. It was right on point. I, it like it was another thing that like kind of with the hailstorm i was glad that they did play a lot of new tracks because it actually gave me a little bit more appreciation for the new album yeah uh so the one the one track that i enjoy the most off of midnight demon club their newest album is pink lullaby and i was curious if we would hear that song at all because it's a just as much as mcid is more rap oriented pink lullaby is as metal as they've gone and i was just really excited to see that live and they closed with it so i was very happy by the end of their set and they slayed that song so pink lullaby was fantastic well it was really funny because i remember before the set i asked you is there any song you want to see and you're like i hope that they really play pink lullaby and like like to finish it you were just i I saw you kind of line up get all excited yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i re- recorded that Is, one and then yeah because you had just played uh them for flavor of the week the show the, the radio the show prior. prior to that concert yeah. so yep um you and it was one of the songs that you made sure to play for flavor of the week yeah so i was very very happy that we got to see that live as a closer and at the at the end uh i'm not sure which member of the band uh did this but he grabbed a guitar. I think it was one of the the lesser guitars that they didn't really care about, and he smashed that <laughs> that oh, sucker yes. at the end of their set. He, That's one he, of the first he, times I've seen somebody smash a guitar live. <laughs> you a classic rock move. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah they. Nice. So they slayed it. We 
won't go too much further into them. We'll go ahead and move on here. But uh, very, very excited that we got to see them perform live finally. So last band of the night that we got to see is a itch favorite. And that would be Papa Roach. Papa Roach. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did not disappoint. Uh, one of the things that I realized while we were watching them live is that they have way too many songs that I like. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> because i mean i loved all the songs that they played i i wouldn't have changed a thing but like i was sitting there like man it would been cool to hear this this and this song but like that's the thing they just have so many songs there's like they didn't even play one fucking song off of who do you trust and that that kind of bothered me don't don't get me wrong but like that just goes to show you the extent of their library like to play all these songs they played maybe two off ego trip and so it, it was it was just really crazy. They really hit up their whole library and it just made me think of how many songs they have because I wanted to hear so much more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and then that was what was kind of weird is they played they played partial covers throughout well, they played one full cover basically and then two partial covers. They they played a rage song at one point for a, a few minutes. And yeah. then they and th- that transitioned into one of their other songs. And then they played they played Dr. Dre at one point for a couple minutes as well, which was entertaining. Like bo- yeah. both Rage and Dre was was interesting to hear Jacoby uh, do that. So that was that was fun. But it was <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> but the highlight of the night for me. Uh, regarding Papa Roach was when they played Swerve. And so this all of a sudden this huge dude walks out on stage with this saxophone and he has a roach head on. So uh, like a helmet. And it big giant face mask kind of thing. Big giant roach head. (laughs) And he walks out with the saxophone and he stands next to Tony the drummer. And they do the fuck you, Tony line <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of the song. And so right before they say that, uh, Jacoby's talking stuff to the crowd. And he's like, oh, shit, Carl. Hey, it's, it's Carl Roach. <laughs> Carl Roach. <laughs> yeah, I think he's their mascot or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But so Carl Roach came out on stage with his saxophone. And... <laughs> Then he flipped off Tony and they started playing Swerve and then he pretended to play the saxophone during during the saxophone parts of the song. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it was very entertaining. Yeah, that was probably one of the best parts of the night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they killed it. They, you know, they ended with their traditional uh, songs. Um, Actually, I, I, I take that back. So. They didn't necessarily play an encore, which I appreciated, but they normally finish it with like between angels and insects and then last resort. They actually finished their set off with born for greatness, which I I appreciated. It was a a fun song to end it with. Um, And I I definitely was not expecting that, but it was it was another thing that was just like kind of got me thinking like, man, I want more songs like you just have so many. Yeah. But they killed it. Yes, they did. (laughs) They were awesome. Um, and I, I actually showed my uh, kids a couple of the set. Actually, I showed them Swerve, and they got a kick out of Carl Roach's. Out of Carl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, that. like I said, that was the highlight of the night for me. But uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. <laughs> uh, and, you know, then the other thing I, I will say is that the venue kind of changed up how they did traffic uh, in and out of that place. But, man, we got out in a fucking hurry. Like, I remember <laughs> back in the day, like, one of my least favorites was Leonard Skinner. We sat in that parking lot for like an hour one time, yeah. <laughs> like trying to get yeah. the hell out of that place. Like, so I, I truly appreciated that they continue to figure out different ways to get people out of there. Yeah. In a hurry. Mm-hmm. Cause now there's like four lanes leaving and it's like, wow, this is, this is brilliant. You guys really <laughs> outdid yourselves this time. And I appreciate it. So there's even like a new parking lot for Uber, uh, Uber pickup and stuff. Yeah. So you can like walk out and be smart. out of the way. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. So I, I truly appreciated that because it, it has been years and years of nightmares of getting out of shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all in all, a phenomenal weekend of shows. Yes. Yes. It was awesome. I truly appreciated a great 
concert that we were at for longer than eight hours, and I was dead tired for days <laughs> after. Fair enough. So as we mentioned, it is definitely kind of coming to the close, actually, of festival season. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, you know what? If you had any festival experiences, maybe you went to Louder Than Life. Maybe you went to Furnace Fest or Riff Fest. Maybe you were at one of the ones we were at. Hit us up. Let us know about your concert experiences uh, during festival season and, you know, what one should be on our, our radar for next year. Because we we have it as a goal, sort of, to get to a festival in another city. Capacity, yeah. Maybe maybe one on international waters, if Dan has his way. But, <laughs> yeah. but beyond that. <laughs> one of these days, I just want to rent an RV and we'll just drive from festival to festival. There we go. Just <laughs> on tour all the festivals. <laughs> you can see yep. Papa Roach seven times over the summer. <laughs> it's 2027. Yeah. <laughs> you got the itch Life van. Goals. The itchmobile. <laughs> Nice decal the, on the side. The Itchmobile would be dope. It would just be black with our with our logo on the with side. Our logo. Oh, yeah. It would look pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, if you want to help us make that happen, like send us some money or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but in yeah. the meantime, let us know your festival experiences because we 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 like them for one day. That's yeah. where our old man energy has yeah. these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we we about to turn forty and stuff soon. That that can't be doing that all day, shit, man. For multiple days in a row. That's why I only went at five for Riot. I saw I saw five hours of Riot, and that was plenty. As the lead singer of New Year's Day alluded to, I'm, I needed my cream. You needed cream. <laughs> my Ben Gay. <laughs> my muscles. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. You're trying to think of something humorous. What if we just stopped it there? (laughs) (laughs) And until next time. Hey, shit, shit, Carl. Yeah, just that. Just like a long pause, and then he just drops the F-bomb because he can't think of anything, and then we just cut to the music. Until next time. Fuck you, Tony. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.